Hello and welcome to Movilla Presbyterian Church Weekly Podcast for Tuesday the 19th of July. I'm Alison and this is the third in our series of summer podcasts where Paul Bailey will bring us a message from God's Word in the book of Deuteronomy. I would like to open by sharing with you Psalm 117. This reminds us of God our Father's powerful love. Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise him, all you people of the earth. For his unfailing love for us is powerful. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let us come now in prayer before our God, whose unfailing love and mercy endures forever. Heavenly Father, we praise you, our faithful and loving God, who always provides perfectly for your people. We pray that today you will meet us each at our point of need. Throughout history, Lord, you have proved yourself faithful, and we can trust that all you do is rooted in your deep love for your people. Even when we rebel and we return from you, Lord, we see your hand at work in every circumstance. You're the one we can always depend on. Lord, as Paul brings his message from your word, increase our knowledge of you, Lord. Take away all distractions. Strengthen us to walk in obedience to your your presence. Let us be refreshed, Lord. Renew our love in your hearts that we can live our lives for you. And all that we do will be to your glory and according to your will. We ask this in Jesus' loving name. Amen. Now, before Paul brings his message, um, let us worship God in song with with our first item of praise, 10,000 Reasons.
end draws near, and my time has come. Hello friends and welcome to this podcast on Deuteronomy. Uh, This is Reverend Dr Paul Bailey and just a word of thanks once again to the Reverend Robert Hamilton for allowing me to participate in these podcasts for Movella Presbyterian Church. It's always a great pleasure and a privilege to do so. I'll apologise in advance for the state of my voice. I'm afraid I've just got over Covid and I'm still a bit blocked up and uh, coldy. But uh, hopefully you'll be able to make out my grunts and mutters uh, throughout this podcast. We're going to do two readings now and then have a think about Deuteronomy chapter 30 in particular. We hear the word of God as it's recorded for us in Deuteronomy chapter 30 and commencing at verse 11. Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us that we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and to proclaim it to us and that we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart that you may obey it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, And if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and to worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then we read in Romans chapter 10 and commencing at 
verse 5. Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, will be saved. Amen. And we pray God's blessing on these readings from his holy and inspired word. If you've been listening to these podcasts from the beginning, you'll know that what I'm attempting to do on a week-by-week basis is really to look at the three great speeches of Moses that are found in Deuteronomy and then look at the concluding material, which we'll do next week. And the material from Deuteronomy 30 that we've read today is really part of the the third and final speech that Moses makes in Deuteronomy. It is the, the shortest of the three speeches, but in many ways it's one of the easiest to comprehend. It comes immediately after a very long speech, which we covered previously, where the covenantal laws are set out in great detail. And as I have mentioned previously, the covenantal material is set out in the style of the second millennium BC. When people were writing covenants back in those days, they did it in a certain style, in a certain form, and Deuteronomy follows that style or that form. And that includes then concluding the covenant with a series of blessings and curses, and that you'll see in particular in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And what Moses then does, having set down all that covenantal material, he then addresses Israel, and he sets before them in this third speech a simple choice in many ways, to either follow the provisions of the covenant, in which case they will enjoy blessing, but on the other hand, If they do not follow the provisions of the covenant, they will endure the curses of that covenant. And what he's trying to do in many ways is to get Israel to renew their covenantal fellowship with Yahweh, the Lord God of Israel. I should say, incidentally, that the idea of a covenant renewal ceremony is not unusual within the Old Testament whatsoever. Uh, If you look elsewhere in the Old Testament, you'll see that there's uh, a covenant renewal at the end of the book of Joshua. There's another one at the end of the book of Nehemiah. And this is because the people have gone astray and they need to reset their relationship with God. I think we're all relatively aware and familiar with that kind of concept. We see something 
very roughly or broadly analogous to this in the current political situation in the United Kingdom, where the, the government has essentially fallen to pieces. Boris Johnson has resigned, and the Tory party is now looking for a new leader. And many of those who are aspiring to be the next Prime Minister are talking in terms of we need to reset the relationship between the government and the people. There needs to be a reconfiguration or a recalibration of that relationship between the government and the people. So I think we can all understand the general idea of a a reset. Now the difference is, and this is where the analogy doesn't work, that in the case of the United Kingdom at the present time, there needs to be that recalibration because the people are very much out of love with the government because the government is at fault. In the situation that pertains in Deuteronomy, it is certainly not God's fault that the relationship needs to be reset. It's because the people have been consistently sinful. And that persistent sinfulness has then led God to punish the people, justly punish the people, with the wilderness wanderings, so that the rebellious generation would all die, and then the new rising generation would be fit to enter into the promised land. And incidentally, don't forget that Moses himself was punished by God, that Moses was not permitted to enter into the promised land because Moses himself sinned against God. So in many ways, what Moses is doing here is saying to the new generation of Israelites, the rising generation, don't make the mistakes that my generation made. He is saying to this rising generation, you need to be entirely loyal to the God who has led you out of Egypt, who has led you out of slavery and oppression, and has set before you the promise of a new land that is flowing with milk and honey. And so he sets before them a relatively simple choice. He says, you can either obey the covenant, in which case you will prosper, Or you can disobey the covenant, you can break the covenant, in which case you can expect to suffer the consequences of the curses that are set out in that covenant. Obedience to the covenant will lead to positive consequences. Disobedience will lead to negative consequences. And so, he says, now choose life, because to disobey was to choose death. There are a couple of things here I would like to drill into with a bit more depth. and That is, first of all, what does it actually mean to prosper? And then the second thing is I want to look at Moses' emphasis upon the nearness of the word that is within their hearts and their mouths. So first of all, the issue of prosperity. What does Moses mean when he says, if you follow this covenant, you will prosper? In the current day situation, and really probably for about the last 50 and more years, there has been a great deal of misunderstanding and indeed I'm going to suggest heretical manipulation of texts such as this by the so-called prosperity preachers. Now this is a, a movement that originated in America, but it's certainly come to the United Kingdom and today it is found all over Africa, where I work. Indeed, in Africa, it's become almost completely all-pervasive. 
and it's rare to find a church that actually doesn't promote the idea of the prosperity gospel. And I don't want to give airtime to heresy, but suffice to say that the so-called prosperity gospel, which is no gospel at all, teaches that if you follow the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal saviour, then you will enjoy material blessings in this life, notably great wealth and good health. And this is why the prosperity teaching is sometimes called health and wealth teaching. And I do mention this here because I know that there are people in Northern Ireland who are increasingly buying into this idea. There are certainly many places where you may come across it. If you've got cable TV or satellite TV, it's all over the God channels and it's all over places like YouTube. So I would be very surprised if there are not many people listening to this podcast who have not come across the idea of the prosperity gospel. This isn't the ideal time and place to entirely refute this nonsensical teaching, but let's just point out one or two things. First of all, let's think positively about what is actually promised to the people of Israel when Moses said, if you actually obey this covenant, you will prosper. First and foremost, they are promised relationship with God. So primarily, the prosperity that they are promised is a spiritual prosperity. It is not a material prosperity. But secondarily, they are promised occupation of the land that was promised on oath to their forefather Abraham. And the promises that were made to Abraham are reiterated to them, that their numbers will increase and that as they increase in size as a nation, then their flocks and herds will increase in a commensurate fashion. And that is it. Those are the promises. So when Moses here speaks about prosperity, he is speaking about the fulfillment of the promises that were made to Abraham. Now let's think then negatively about what is not promised. And what is not promised, but yet prosperity preachers would try to give you this impression, they are not promised wealth untold. They are not promised easy lives. They are not promised perfect health and happiness or anything like that. That interpretation of prosperity as a biblical promise is just a pure fantasy. It is a warping and twisting of scripture that really should have no place in the Church of Jesus Christ. If we look at some of the great saints of God in both the Old and New Testaments, we would see that even the godliest and the most wonderful of God's servants did not enjoy easy lives. Already today we have read from the book of Romans written by the Apostle Paul, And if we look at the life of Paul, for example, who in many ways was the greatest missionary of the early church, we see, for example, that he certainly did not have an easy life. He certainly wasn't wealthy. He had to be a tent maker. He had to practice his profession and work hard in order to make ends meet. But in addition to that, he suffered all kinds of things for the sake of the gospel. Have a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and commencing at about verse 23. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely and have been exposed to death again 
And again, five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. So I will say no more on this issue at this particular juncture, but it seems to me entirely evident that the interpretation that belief in God will bring about material prosperity and wealth and health is clearly nonsensical. So first and foremost, what Moses is saying to the people here in Deuteronomy 30 is that they will prosper because they have spiritual health and wealth. They have spiritual relationship with the Lord their God. And that isn't necessarily going to translate into material health and wealth in everyday life. We are promised salvation. We are not promised a big bank account. Let's consider another thing that Moses highlights here in Deuteronomy 30, and that is the fact that the word of God is very close, and indeed it's in the mouth and the heart of the people. What Moses seems to be doing here is repudiating the idea that it is impossible to know the will of God for us. That's impossible to know how we would have that relationship with the Lord. He's making the point here that that relationship has been made obvious to us through the revelation of God in his word. Therefore, we do not need anybody to cross oceans to find this truth. We do not need someone to ascend into the heavens to find this truth. It has been given to us. God has revealed himself in his word so that we can have and maintain a relationship with him. I think a lot of people today don't like the simplicity of that particular message. They want to promote the idea that the the Bible is not enough for us, that it's not sufficiently clear, that it needs to be added to through their special revelations and teaching, or perhaps we need to go farther afield. We need to cross oceans and ascend the heavens in order to receive exotic and esoteric teachings that will enlighten us. And this is quite simply more nonsense. As Reformed believers, we hold very firmly to the doctrine that the Bible is all that we need. And we call that, technically speaking, the doctrine of the sufficiency of Scripture. Secondarily, we also very firmly believe that the Bible is adequately clear for all our spiritual needs and enlightenment and that we technically call the doctrine of perspicacity, although that's a big word and it might be easier to call it the doctrine of clarity. The Westminster Confession of Faith acknowledges that not all portions of Scripture are equally clear or easy to understand. But it also makes the point is that when we do read the Scriptures in their totality, there is enough there that is abundantly clear and unambiguous that no one is left in any doubt 
about what they need to do. And all of us need to choose life. All of us need to be in that covenantal relationship with the Lord God. And that is the simplicity of the message that Moses proclaims here in Deuteronomy 30. It doesn't need to be more complex than that. The people of ancient Israel could either choose life or they could choose death. And anyone who tries to complicate that message or to change that simple message is not in alignment with the word of God. They are running contrary to the will of God. And those who are in direct contradiction to the will of God do not deserve our attention. We should repudiate them. We should ignore them. The Apostle Paul does warn us that such people will be around. We are warned in Scripture against those who are wolves in sheep's clothing. The Apostle Paul in Colossians chapter 2 warns us that there are those who will come and seek to warp the message and to take us captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy that is very interesting sounding, very sophisticated sounding, but actually leads us away from Jesus Christ. So let us be quite clear on this point that the scripture is all that we need. We do not need the additional teachings of human beings to make us wise unto salvation. The final thing that we need to look at in this particular podcast is the application that Paul makes of Deuteronomy 30 in Romans. I am assured by New Testament scholars that in the New Testament there are actually about 60 quotations from Deuteronomy. And that tells us, incidentally, something very important about the Old Testament in general, that the Old Testament is a book that points us to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Christ himself makes this quite apparent whenever he meets with his disciples on the road to Emmaus following the crucifixion. And there he speaks to those disciples and points them to all the places in the Old Testament that actually speak of Jesus as the Messiah. So it comes as no surprise then that the Apostle Paul here then takes Deuteronomy 30 and he directly applies it to the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. He makes it clear that if we go looking for something across the oceans or in the deep or in the heavens, we are actually denying and repudiating the work of Jesus Christ. And what Paul is doing here is restating in the light of Christ that simple statement of choosing life. What does it mean to choose life in the light of Christ? And that is to proclaim that Christ is our Lord and our Saviour that those who proclaim Christ as Lord and Saviour will know life in the most profound and important way, that they will know the most important thing of all. They will know salvation. They will know justification in the eyes of God because of what Christ has done. And that is the simple and glorious message of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul says here that everybody and anybody who believes in that gospel message will be saved. As he says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. And later, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
Friends, my time is up, and I think it's appropriate now then to finish this podcast with some words of summary and application. One thing that we have looked at in this particular podcast is the sinful human tendency to warp and twist the message that God has given to us in Scripture and to make it something much more difficult or much more obscure. And also we have looked at the similarly sinful human tendency to warp and twist that message into something that it is not. So let me summarize that all by saying this. Be on your guard against false teachers. There are many in the world. We've been warned against them in Scripture, and we need to keep a weather eye out for them because they're out there seeking to distract us from the simple message of the gospel. But those are secondary concerns. What is the key teaching of Deuteronomy 30 and then Romans 10? The most central message that we get from Deuteronomy chapter 30 is the idea of choosing life. In other words, choosing relationship with God. God does not require us to be in relationship with him in order to make him bigger or greater or more wonderful in any way, but yet he desires to have that relationship with us. He desires to extend his grace and ultimately his salvation to us. He has graciously revealed how we may enter into that relationship with him. How we enter into relationship with God has not been kept a secret. Indeed, the very opposite is true, that God has made himself known to human beings and that he has proclaimed his word to human beings and he has made clear the way of salvation to us. In the time of Moses, he invited people to enter into covenant with him. He said, now choose life by being faithful to the covenant that I have established through Moses. The New Testament shows to us that covenant with God is now to be found in the covenant in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Through his work at the cross, the Lord Jesus has opened up the way for us, and that incidentally means all of us, irrespective of what we have done, irrespective of our background, irrespective of any human factor whatsoever. He has opened up the way of salvation for us. And God continues to set before us the possibility of choosing life. And how do we choose life? By having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. For those of you who are listening to this podcast, and you already know the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord and giver of life, I pray that you will continue to enjoy abundant fellowship with him and grow ever deeper into that life in Christ. But for anybody who is listening and is yet a stranger to Christ and you don't know him as your personal saviour, my invitation to you today is this. Choose life. To recognise that human ideology and human religion ultimately gets you nowhere. To recognise that no one comes unto the Father except through Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. My prayer for you is this, that you will put your faith in the one who has not come to kill or steal or destroy, but has come that you might have life and have it to the full. Amen. God bless you all.
and thank you Paul for your message to us today. The praise we have just enjoyed was strength will rise and we are reminded to wait upon the Lord our everlasting God and he will strengthen us. So let us come now before God in prayers for others. Heavenly Father, you truly are our hope and our strong deliverer, our everlasting God. We thank you that Jesus, our great high priest, has made the way for us to come into your presence in prayer. Lord, we praise you and bring our requests before you in faith and trust. Thank you for your faithful answer to our prayers as you have moved in miraculous ways to heal and restore when our human abilities believed it was impossible. We pray for those in our church and families who are unwell, for those who face an unknown future. Lord God, lay your healing hand upon them. Give them reassurance that in all circumstances you are with them and may they find peace and hope for the future in you. Your word tells us of all the times in the past that you have faithfully provided and that you want us to cast all our cares on you. Lord, as school is finished for the summer, we pray for relaxation and refreshment for those who work in our schools, for teachers, principals and church members who help or, or sit on boards of governors. Lord, we think of the families who can sometimes find summer holidays difficult, for children who struggle with a change in routine and parents who worry about how they'll provide for their family. Lord, we thank you that they can be referred to food banks or Christians Against Poverty. May this support be a blessing. May it meet their needs. And we especially pray, Lord, that alongside their physical and emotional needs, that their spiritual needs will be met, Lord. Lord, we pray for your guidance for our government leaders, for wisdom and integrity as they respond to the needs of those living in poverty in the UK and the vulnerable around the world, Lord. We lift up, you, lift up to you all those across the world who have had to flee war, famine or persecution. We think in particular of the Ukrainian refugees, Lord. Draw close to them, provide, provide and comfort them as they adjust to new countries and languages. Protect them from exploitation and may they know the assurance that, that you are always with them, Lord, and may they know that presence is part of the Church of God, Lord, and the families that they are with. Lord, you aren't constrained by earthly borders, you are Lord of over all the earth. We pray that you will protect and strengthen the Christians who work in dangerous situations to care and support others and to share your gospel with them. Their work to, to bring freedom to, to many throughout the world, Lord. Be their strong tower that they can run to and be safe. And we pray for the Christian communities, Lord, and the leaders in our countries where there is war or discord. Lord, as we saw in the dramatic conversion of Saul on that road to Tarsus, we know that you can turn hardened hearts and remove the scales from man's eyes. Lord, we pray that, that corrupt or evil leaders will experience and know of your great love for them, Lord. They need only turn to you forgiveness and that you will remove their sins from them, Lord. We pray, Lord, that, that you will work in, in mighty and powerful ways, that you will bring peace throughout our world and for a great turning of people to you, Lord. 
Lord, we pray that you will be with each one of us throughout this week. Lord, that you will equip us to serve you in each situation and that all that we do will bring glory and honour to your name. This we pray in Jesus' loving and mighty name. Amen. And we'll finish now with saying the words of the benediction together. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>